You're listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I'm your host, L.M. Fisher, producer, musician, and creator. This episode features Claire Haywood, poet, musician, and recipient of one of the Sonic Guild Colorado grants last year. Each episode, we visit the space of a local musician, and I had the pleasure of sitting down with Claire and her cat Pearl over a cup of tea. Picture a virtual ambient fireplace, a huge window overlooking a perfect Denver snowy day, and the best thrifted cat mugs that I've ever seen. We chatted about getting older and how that affects an artist's storytelling, the power of an intimate recording studio environment, and what's coming up next for this powerful wordsmith, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast with Claire Haywood. to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I am here today with Claire Haywood. Hi, Claire. Hi. Welcome. How has your week been? What have you been up to? What's on your life lately? Yeah, my week has been good. Um, I went and spent time in the mountains with friends on Monday, which was really refreshing. We went to Strawberry Hot Springs, so we just relaxed and had a good amount of time in the car going up and back in the same day, just laughing and having a good time. And I felt like I got ready for this snow that is falling right now. And otherwise, yeah, I'm just this week I have a little break from recording. I've been in the studio at least once or twice a week for kind of months now but my producer's out of town so I'm just kind of uh, laying low a little bit nice enjoying the quiet time yeah it's good before you have like that space to kind of refresh and get back in and see what happens in the creative process afterwards okay describe your musical style in three words mm. I think I make deeply felt so that could be two words deeply felt and like poetic I guess I really think about the way that words sound and the way they look on the page so I guess I'll go deeply felt poetic lovely <laughs> I think that's fitting right you started as a poet mm -hmm. when did you think maybe this could be translated into music yeah I was living in Fort Collins and I had finished um, like a writing degree at CSU and took different classes and kind of bounced around and was writing like poetry and essays and like knew I wanted to pursue writing but was trying to find the right medium I guess and I kept like getting feedback that my poems were lyrical that all my writing was lyrical and I just decided to start trying to write songs and kind of started playing guitar on my own at that time and that was like a very alone process for like years uh <laughs> like developing those and um but I knew at some point I would want to like I think I started writing songs I something clicked into place and felt really good for me about that and then I like knew that I would eventually perform, but there were some years of like getting over the awkwardness and learning to play and sing and how that whole thing works before I went ahead and started sharing. And what was the first song that you put out into the world after going through this, this growing and learning? Oh, yeah. I think the so I did a couple. I met a um, filmmaker named Nas Faratun or Adrian Thomas is her like Nas Faratun's her business name. Adrian Thomas is her name. And she like asked me to do a live recording of one of the songs I was performing at that time. I hadn't like released any music yet. 
So we did that on a deck at my friend's house in Cap Hill. And um, her friend Carmine came and produced the audio. And we just did like a live slow version of a song called The Wind Howls, which uh, was like the title of my first EP. And then when it was time to actually, I was like recording music all through that time period, put out an EP. And I think the first song we put out was called uh, Trails. It was a single called Trails with like the full band and had recorded in a studio. So that was a different, quite a different um, step in a different direction for me. How did you find the connections once you're playing on your own to finding people to play with, getting musicians into the studio. What was that process like? Yeah, I just went, I started playing at like open mics and kind of dive bar settings. And I was connected with like some people in the literary arts scene in Denver. So I was like doing events with this. uh, They used to call themselves the South Broadway Ghost Society, I think, but now they're South Broadway Press and they do a lot of events out of like mutiny. So I was like doing like song, I was like singing songs and then there'd be like a comedian and a poet and we would all kind of perform and there'd be like six or seven performers and short sets or whatever. And then I I like got wind of the Syntax open mic, which is now the Broadway Roxy um, and would go to like the Syntax songwriter open mic. And I met a bunch of people there from this label called Third and James. And they kind of like approached me at that open mic and asked if I had a plan to record. And I went in and started talking to them and decided to record an initial EP with them. And that was like 2018 to 2019. Uh, And then I like once I was releasing music in the scene, I like played UMS and played like larger shows at like High Dive and Lost Lake and Globe Hall and started opening for people locally. And that like really increased the amount of connections that I had in the scene with other musicians. And um, I've like since started working with a producer named Matt Hoffman, who I met through playing music in Denver. And um, so I'm no longer in that first EP was recorded in like kind of a big studio that felt very like I don't know, sleek or something. It was like fancy or whatever. And then this like new setup is like just at Matt's house and it's very DIY, but he really knows what he's doing. So I've been enjoying that process too. I imagine that's kind of a nice change because your music really is, I mean, you know, people have said cozy and and, uh, deeply felt. So how has working with him influenced the songs that you wrote and what are you coming up with now in that smaller space? Yeah, like I've loved working with him. I feel like Matt is just a true collaborator that like it works on the level that I want to work on. And some, it, I think it just takes like working with different people and feeling it out. And there's kind of like a chemistry thing that happens there. Um, I think like when I started talking to him about this music, I was really wanting to, I was getting a lot of feedback at live shows that people were enjoying like the more drawn back moments or, I mean, there was like a random thing where half of my band got COVID. So we just played like a really quiet performance with like brush drums cause we didn't have a bassist. And so it was like two guitars and brush drums and um, it was sort of like mist raining. This was at like the Westward showcase and everything about it was really quiet and it felt like, good uh and different from kind of trying to like belt and project out over a a band so like we wanted to I think one of the things that has really changed is that like it's creating in a quieter space there's not very many people around it's usually just me and Matt at his house 
and we've been recording the vocals a lot quieter, like with a microphone closer and projecting less and kind of, I've really changed the way that I've been thinking about singing. Like I think when I recorded that EP in the, the studio with lots of people around and in a fancy like booth, I was like naturally wanting to sound good as a singer naturally wanting to project and I feel like it's just really different I I'm like feeling more quiet and like I just want to have a true emotional performance even if there's little imperfections in there and yeah so that's been a huge difference working with Matt and it's just calm it's just a really calm process I'm really excited to kind of share Uh, I think it feels really different and how many songs are on this record it's is it your first full length yeah cool yeah it's my first full length it's it'll be at least 10 songs we might end up with like 12 or something and we've been kind of I had a bunch of songs that were ready to pull from I think like during the pandemic like lockdown I really was hard on myself and was like I'm not writing enough and was I was in so much like (laughs) like pain over all of that and just felt like no matter what I did it didn't feel like progress and I don't I think when you're in survival mode it can be really hard to like feel creative or reach that kind of top of like a spiritual existence when you're just down at the bottom just trying to like whatever buy toilet paper at the grocery store and I was like oh I don't have I'm not making enough work I I was really sad a lot and then I kind of like when I went to do some recon because I like met Matt again, I had met him years ago and then we like, I saw him again at a show that I played uh, at Lost Lake with Corsicana and King Cardinal. And like, he asked me about if I had a plan for recording and I didn't, and we kind of started talking from there. And so I was like, Oh, I better pull together some songs and kind of see what's going on with new material. And I actually had a lot more than I thought I did and to pull from. So I kind of went through and was like, had a, you know quite a bit of material and we chose from that and so I think it'll be 10 to 12 songs and like that was I got the grant from Black Fret last year which is now Sonic Guild and that kind of made that possible I was able to just pay Matt and then the recording process has been really cool because it's like we're not really tied to like an amount of time in the studio or anything it's been like many many hours many days just down in his basement making the record so that's amazing how did you hear about um sonic guild um yeah i it was i was listening to the podcast with kayla on and she was like a little surprised too and like that's how i felt like i i was approached to play an event and they're really cool because like it was black fred at the time and they were like come play this event at enigma bazaar which is a a beautiful space with really nice sound that I had never played at in Denver. And they like offered me more money than you usually get offered up front for something like that. And then they like marketed the event. So there were a ton of people there and they didn't even really count on me to market anything, which was really nice. And then like that event playing at that event, like I didn't even know this, but it, it entered me into like the grant consideration pool And they just like called me one day and said they gave me a grant, which was really, it was like such a nice push coming out of the pandemic and having felt like I lost so much momentum. And then it's like the gift that keeps on giving. They just like keep booking me for things. And I really am so glad they're here in Colorado. That's fantastic. It's so funny. It's like winning the lottery coming out of COVID years and such a good lesson in 
I think like giving yourself a break, you know, it's like you were making so much, felt like it wasn't enough, not doing enough, but really it's just that persistence and doing things that then sets you up for the next step. Yeah, totally. So cool. And congratulations because that's making music and making art, I think is like continuing to do it is such a difficult thing and choosing to be creative in this world is is no joke yeah it's no joke it's serious <laughs> it's good to have some support <laughs> yeah. so let's go back to the the full-length album how has your storytelling evolved from just a couple songs to now having this kind of full book really essentially to be able to to walk through I think like to me when I first started recording I didn't even know what it would take to do one song to record one song and it, it was like so much work I I it was really cool to like learn the process kind of behind some of this music that I treasure and have listened to so much and just knowing how much effort goes into a single song um, and I feel like I don't know. There was, it was just, I probably had more than six songs at the time that I like recorded that EP, but we just decided an EP would be best, like, because I didn't have an audience yet or anything. I think now, like, I had been torn on, like, should you just release singles? And um, I really, once I started talking to Matt, especially, I think something I really like about working with Matt is that he's like wanting to keep intact this artistic process we talk a lot about, oh, we should probably be like making TikToks or something like that, but we probably could or should maybe, but I haven't been focusing on any of that at this time. I've just been wanting to make sure that I like stay in the space of creating this art. And I feel like we've been really stockpiling it and it's taken a lot of patience to not let anyone, like I haven't released any like even acoustic things or haven't played songs on my Instagram, haven't really shared them. I do play them live. So like there's one setting where um, I'm sharing things, but it feels like a process of like really going into the dark of that work. And yeah, I mean, as far from a storytelling perspective, I'm older than I was. Uh, Like I think I was not really did not care at all about, turning 30 when I was 25 I was like that's fine it's never it's not going to affect me and then just like life things happen like the pandemic I had like a, a family member who was like really sick and struggling with some serious health issues last year my sisters are both getting married like things just uh have gotten to a place where I feel like people are really growing up around me And I don't want to like infantilize, like, I don't want to be like making art isn't growing up. It is like, I still feel as committed as I ever have to building a life where I can continue to make art. But uh, yeah, I feel like I've just been thinking about more mature themes. I'm thinking about things like having children and thinking about relationships in a different way. And like thinking about then like queerness and bodies, body dysmorphia, like things like that have been working their way into my writing Whereas I think at 25, I was pretty firmly like, I'm writing about love. <laughs> this I'm seeking love. Uh, and like, that was interesting too. It, it's just, it, it's adjusted a little bit over the years, I think. I think that's a, probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm proud of it. <laughs> to, to grow and evolve. Yeah. <laughs> but also really, really difficult and digging into some things that I think, I mean, I don't know, even maybe just after the pandemic, I feel like everybody was in this like, what? 
next mm-hmm. like what do we do moment and yeah. so it's I can't wait to listen to music that's relatable and and actually you know exploring themes that a little bit deeper than I mean not that love isn't isn't great and isn't deep and I love a good love song yeah yeah no me too like things just evolve and I love watching like artists evolve um over time too even like artists like you know finding more of a life partner and settling into a groove and maybe having like a more sober lifestyle or something I feel like it shows and I I've like enjoyed watching some of my favorites get older and how they engage with with that process yeah, we're we're all in it together. <laughs> There's no avoiding that. Going yeah. to the other side. <laughs> so, how has your live performance then changed from starting out to now being a more experienced artist and musician? Yeah, when I started, I was like alone, so I was playing guitar and just trying to support myself. I think the guitar felt really like hard, challenging for me at first to sing and play guitar, but I did do that because I just didn't know anyone. And then I went through a period where I met this great band that I was playing with. So I played less guitar and was like just singing, which was fun. I'm kind of back to studying guitar again and trying to include that more in my live performances. And I've, it's been interesting, like my guitar player is leaving town. So some changes have naturally occurred to that band. And I think about a more drawn back performance. So Matt has been playing with me and we've been working on like a duo set which is what we're going to, I'm going to be playing through Sonic Guild at the Boulder International Film Festival in March. And we're going to do like a duo set, which is pretty drawn back two guitars or a guitar and a Mellotron sometimes. And Matt can sing too. So it's nice. He'll like do a little backup vocals. I don't know. I'm not sure about a band. I feel like I have these great people who I can play with in Denver, who I played with before. It could be a lot to organize and I think I, for the time being, until we're done with this record, I've just been prioritizing like house shows where I'm kind of almost going back to like the DIY, like what felt like a really good environment to me. Um, And then things like the Boulder International Film Festival, where it's like a different type of event for me. And I'm really excited about um, meeting people there and performing at the Boulder Theater and um, so I guess I've been maybe playing like fewer club shows in Denver, but those are fun too. It's just a lot of like work and effort. And I think I'm trying to really be critical about where I like put effort and when. So that's exciting. It's like, I, it sounds like you're going back. Like I've heard you say things that feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a, a great place to be as an artist. It's so easy to lose yourself and like the TikToks and the the promotion, <laughs> yeah. like, especially when you're an independent artist. And mm. so it's so cool to see somebody that's following what feels good and letting the music speak for itself. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And I think like it's nice to come across organizations who like say you're valuable. Like that's what the experience with Sonic Guild has been. And so it's encouraged me to like pursue more of those opportunities where um, like they just inherently think that your work is valuable. So they offer to pay you a reasonable amount and maybe help with some of the marketing and that kind of stuff. Although like I'm fine and happy to do marketing myself too. And 
it can be fun to put together shows where it's like four bands on a bill and you're trying to sell tickets and stuff. And I think I'll probably keep playing in like loud bars and things. But some of those events where like everyone's sitting on the floor and like you're in someone's home and I have one at Aust- with Austin Carroll is like setting up this event and it'll be me and Lonely Choir on St. Patrick's Day. And like there's like people are like making pretzels in the oven and, and like handing them out. And st- it's just like cute. There's like a dog. <laughs> like it's just nice and feels like kind of a salve after like so much loneliness and then feeling like getting into a crowd. I still don't know. Like I I've go to shows and stuff, but I, yeah, it's, it's nice to be just in like a small little setting like that. Totally. It's like we're having our own little like Laurel Canyon <laughs> renaissance. Yeah, after. So. It's been great. <laughs> Pretzels. <laughs> so what has been uh, the biggest struggle, I guess, of your music career so far and what's been the biggest triumph for you? I like really struggle with money. Fair. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. I like write about money sometimes and have had like a really frustrating relationship with that. I think for like a lot of my 20s, I was just like, okay, I'm headstrong. I'm absolutely hellbent on like finding affordable housing. So I've lived in like ridiculous situations. It kind of feels like unsafe looking back at it and like just situations with like tons of people around all the time. And like I like lived under like a staircase. I did like a Harry Potter Whoa. thing for a second. <laughs> That's amazing, but uh, also not ideal. Stressful. There was like always someone tap dancing on the staircase, no matter what was going on it was like wow um but I paid $250 so it was wild and like I it's like I did that for a long time and then I kind of I think I really ground myself down that way and I kind of hit a wall where I was like I can't keep living in these situations and so I it's always a a puzzle to try to fit together like okay I'm gonna fit in a day job that's hopefully remote that's like a lot of musicians that I know are trying to do that kind of thing and that way they can tour and travel and like have some flexibility to accept things still but they don't have to like live in a way that feels like unsafe and unhealthy maybe if you have health problems when you're young like that's something that like some musicians don't have the privilege of going all through their 20s just like ooh, no health insurance who cares which is definitely what I did and then it's like as you get older it's like whoa you need health insurance you need to make sure that you're okay and um so like now the struggle is like making sure the day job doesn't like creep into the work that you're trying to complete. And sometimes I feel like, yeah, having music is like having a child or something. It's probably like insulting to people who actually have children, but it's like, (laughs) it's a lot of energy. (laughs) Uh. Music is just as valid as children. If not, (laughs) sometimes more work. I'll I'll put it out there. I'll say it. We should do a comparison on like the environmental impact of being a musician versus having a child. Maybe just as much money. (laughs) It might be just as much money. Yeah, it feels like it takes all my money. So those are struggles. But I I feel like the most rewarding is like, yeah, just putting work into the world like means a lot to me. And I like truly have always wanted to be a writer and being able to publish work and like the rare settings where like you're kind of holding the tension in a room and the crowd is with you and people are feeling connected and it's working. It's like really magical. And I, I like hold those in my pocket for sure. And what is your dream goal in the next three years? Dream goal with music. (laughs) 
uh, I'm like, adopt another cat. <laughs> Achievable. Kidding. I love it. Achievable. No. <laughs> yeah, I would. So I'd like to keep working on recording. Like recording is definitely my favorite process. And I like love that work. I would love to continue working with Matt and, and making more work that way. I really want to get out and tour and like play outside of Colorado and we're working on that right now. I haven't done that yet. So I've like gone around Colorado and uh, played in different settings, but I'm really looking to kind of, yeah, get out and start traveling again. And yeah, just having more, I mean, more support is always like a dream goal because I think like when like Black Fret or Sonic Guild gave me this money, I feel like I've made that money go so far. So it's like any time that I do have a resource that comes in for music, um, it's like it really pays off. And I, I feel like we're being really resourceful with it. So just maybe continuing to have more support or like people who are willing to help out, I think would be a huge for me. That's, I think, an amazing thing to aspire to and making music and Sonic Guild is so incredible and I'm so glad that it's rewarded you in that way. Yeah. That you can keep making things. That's <laughs> fantastic. Okay, so talking about support, the Colorado scene, getting out there, what do you think being in Colorado and making music here that the scene needs more of and what do you think it's been successful at thus far? I think that musicians need more money. <laughs> so, I yeah, I would love to see like more opportunities where musicians are being offered higher paid gigs. I've gotten a few, like I finally last year got some pretty highly paid gigs and it was absolutely incredible. The difference that it made, it like took a weight off my shoulders. I was even able to like pay down a little bit of debt with like some higher paid gigs that I got. I feel like that type of thing where you're not just paying a musician a hundred dollars or something is like sorely needed. Yeah. I'd love to see like more, more entities like managers, labels, stuff like that out of Colorado. I feel like there's a little bit here and it's a small scene. And so like, there's a lot of need from local artists for like more structural support. And I think like in Colorado, they're just, there are a lot of like wonderfully talented people and it's like a pretty welcoming scene in general. So like from the second I started, there were people in the scene, like reaching out to me, asking me to do stuff. And um, I feel like on the, community side of things like it's a really a pretty good scene to be in any advice to artists just starting out the best advice for me is just to like honor your curiosity and to treat it as sacred and like make space for you and that which is like like no phones allowed no tiktok allowed like not thinking about what you're creating little bites of things for the internet but more like being in your curiosity in a more long form way and like honoring where that guides you. And like, that's like a process of self-trust. And so like, I think for me that like, I love when artists talk about honoring their intuition and following that um, and kind of like shutting out the outside world just a little bit when you're in that process. Amazing. Great advice for not just making art, but life in general. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Avoid the bite-sized suck and enjoy the things that you do and be yeah. present. Well, thank you so much, Claire. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Can't wait for the new music. Can't wait to see you. Boulder International Film Festival in March. If you're listening, definitely come check it out. It's going to be an amazing experience. And you can hear some new music, maybe, from Claire Haywood. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. If you want to come out to the Boulder International Film Festival and enjoy Claire Haywood's and other local musicians' live performances with people from your creative community, the link is in our show notes. 